Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of No More Leadership BS. I am Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play, your host for today, but we've also got our incredible crew of people. Uh, We have the wonderful Miss Myra Hall. Myra, how are you doing today? I am just ducky this morning, Geoff. (laughs) Just ducky. I love it. I love it. I know some of our listeners are going to go, what does that mean? It means you need to check out things that our people are saying from different different areas it's like a different nomenclature right (laughs) i thought it was the way she walked (laughs) or the way she talked (laughs) or (laughs) as you can see it's going to be a great episode today i love it so next in my screen i have the incomparable jeff conroy how are you my friend i need coffee i'm good thanks (laughs) <laughs> We've heard the saga of your coffee story this morning, and at some point we will share it and just hear the terror in people's voices. You drank all my coffee. I drank all my coffee. <laughs> Who doesn't put coffee back? This is terrible. Right. Oh, oh, my gosh. Next up, we have Jeff uh, Geyer. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, everybody. I missed the donuts in the green room, but I'm doing good. I think I'll make it through. <laughs> Excellent. We're glad you're here. And last but not least today, we have the uh, wonderful Dr. Sam Jennings. How are you, my friend? Doing wonderful because I am fully caffeinated. Sorry, Conroy. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think our podcasts are fueled on uh, ca- caffeine and laughter. And when four out of five of us are Pretty good, much. we should yeah. be okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Well, today we have this topic that I think it's it's one, it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of times this happens. And the topic today is dealing with a-hole bosses. I mean, we're talking the, the ones that are just, they drive you mad, they make you crazy. And I want to start off with a quick definition because sometimes people get them confused. A lot of times people will think my boss is just a total a-hole. Well, I would like you to think about it and reframe it. Are they dysfunctional and incompetent? Kind of like the the boss from Dilbert, the Dilbert cartoons, where he's just completely clueless. (laughs) He's not malicious, right? He's just an idiot, like just doesn't know what he's doing. And that would be one kind of boss. The other is the more toxic kind, the kind that we're going to talk about today. And that's more along the lines of Ebenezer Scrooge. The, 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 the guy that just drives things home and like, why are you, why are you going home early? Well, I've already stayed two hours late, sir. And it's like, that's not long <laughs> enough, right? So the ones that are the real taskmasters and uh, are intentionally toxic and hurtful. So we're going to talk about the toxic boss today. So I'm curious as you guys, as we've had lots of different jobs, lots of things, and we know that people don't necessarily leave a job, they leave, they leave bad managers or bosses. Yep. And so- Today, in our environment where we have a an option, an opportunity to work from home or to potentially switch jobs because the marketplace is kind of crazy right now. So I'm curious, what are some of your experiences in our youth or 
dealing with these bosses that were really quite toxic, what did you do about it? So I'll start off real quick. I remember in high school, I just graduated from high school and I had my one of my summer jobs at earning money for college. And I was building, I was actually helping to make tennis courts. And to build a tennis court, believe it or not, tennis court starts off as a liquid. And so it's a really heavy, intensive labor job. And the boss that I had knew he was a great artist in terms of being able to create these beautiful tennis courts. However, as a human being, he was a horrible person, just a horrible person. He was mean. He was degrading. He was constantly yelling at you. And I remember one time I was in Pasco, Washington, and it was about 105 degrees out. We're doing physical labor on blacktop. So it's probably 120 degrees. We're just sweating and it's miserable. And he started just riding me and just yelling, screaming, belittling me. And at one point I actually, I, I think I grabbed a tool and I was just about ready to hit him. I was like that upset. And I was just like, I can't, I'm done. And I just dropped it and I walked. And I think I got about a mile and a half away from the situation before they they came in the truck and picked me up. And I was ready to walk home. And this is like 150 miles. I was like, I was just done. And so, <laughs> I mean, that's my experience with a horrible boss that I was, I, 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 one almost came to violence because I was young. I was 18 years old. And here I am like, you don't have control of your brain and fully developed frontal lobe. But then I was ready to walk home. I mean, I was just that fed up with the situation. So that kind of toxicity where it drives you to extremes, that's that kind of like, have you had experiences with bosses in maybe not quite that manner, but something similar to that? I'm going to go from right to left. Dr. Sam, have you in your experiences ever had a toxic a-hole boss? The short answer is no. We had that kind of, and nobody's had that kind of experience, Jeff, but I think <laughs> even the bosses I've had that maybe we didn't get along great, it wasn't a level of toxicity. It was just a, a different way of seeing things. And I'm not trying to be cute and, and putty over anything that may have been rough, but I've, I've been really fortunate in that regard. And because of the stories I've heard along my way, I was able to avoid some toxic bosses. It's like you described being a young man when I was uh, in high school also. I had never done haying. And for our listeners who don't know what haying is, you go into a field. And in this case, you ride what's called a slip, a little trailer that gets drugged behind a tractor. And hay bale comes up, you pick up and put it in the stack, do that nine times, kick the stack off and turn around and do it again. That's one version. And I thought, well, I should probably do that. All my friends are doing it. It's a good way to make money. And there was one family that people worked for because you had to work for somebody, but nobody wanted to. And this was the kind of guy who would hire these young men, adolescents, not give them water breaks, not give them food breaks. If you did get a lunch, you had to bring your own, which, you know, farm isn't always the way it goes, but in this case it did. And you had to figure out when you're going to take your own break. And if you were caught not working, you were going to get in trouble. And the trouble could be docked wages, fired, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I made it my goal to A, work for somebody, but B, not work for that guy. Because not it wasn't about working hard, it was about being abused while working. And so I kind of sat on the sidelines and waited out until a friend got called and um, from a guy who owned the farm said, hey, you want to come hay with me? My friend said, no, I'm busy. I'm already hay with for somebody else. But this guy, Sam, he could be interested. So I worked for this guy. And he was awesome. Um, <laughs> super chill about everything. He'd been injured. 
So he wasn't interested in trying to, you know, make everything happen all at once. Mm-hmm. And his uh, wife made this incredible meal for me and one other high school kid was working. It was a great experience. And I'm telling that story because if you know there's toxicity and you can't avoid it, do so because there's something else coming down the line. It may not be beautiful and perfect, but it'll be definitely better than a known toxic space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it's funny because one of the resolutions that I was looking into was it's, I know it's not usually the best one, but it's avoidance. If you can potentially not work with them or not see them face to face as much as possible. So get everything through email, all your communications, rather than having to see them face to face and be potentially belittled or yelled at or demeaned, then great. You get it in an email form. If you get it in email form, now there's also a written record of it and you can track it, which is always, always brilliant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. How about anybody else? Like uh, Conroy, how about you? Have you, have you ever had one of those abusive bosses? Yeah, I've had abusive bosses, had a couple of them. What's really funny, Sam, I, I too bucked hay. <laughs> uh, I'd grown up in Eastern Oregon and uh, I was like 16 years old and it was like a thousand degrees out. So I said, I'm just going to take my shirt off. <laughs> it was like death by a thousand cuts. These yep. little straw bales just that was the stupidest thing ever. But yeah, I've had a couple. Um, when I first started in my nonprofit career, I've brought this up before. The guy that rang the bell when he wanted you, he rang the bell. And mm-hmm. he would he would he he was a big guy, so he would dominate the conversation. He he would use his size to to overpower you. But I was too young and and too new, and I had a young family, and it was just kind of I kind of took it for a while and then then I, I transferred to, to North Idaho. The second one was I, I just got I had I worked with one of the probably the best person I've ever worked for and and to this day still keep in touch with him. And he left. He was promoted up and out. And the guy that came in I passed history with. And he he came in with a major chip on his shoulder. He came in with arrogance and attitude. And my disc assessment does not tolerate (laughs) arrogance and attitude very well. So we butted heads quite a bit to the point where I this isn't worth it for me. I probably could have stuck it out a little bit more, but it was just one of those. I had enough. It's not a pleasant environment, but I have to agree. You got to try and work through it. I think that's the best way. There's always other ways of dealing with it. I just wish I would have was mature enough to have figured out the other ways. Well, that's a big one is also that that reframing and, and being able to leave. I would say that's a, a last resort in terms of actually that's the that's the that's, highest level of like, I'm, I'm out. See, yes, I'm that's, the, that's the nuclear option. I didn't right. grab a hammer and think murderous thoughts like you did, but <laughs> it's young. Uh, come on. I know. <laughs> yeah, your your record's buck- sponged at 18, right? <laughs> exactly. At least I didn't buck bales without a shirt on. I mean, come on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that. Come uh, on. And itchy. Oh, my Lord. Oh, <laughs> For anybody who's never bucked bales, first of all, it's a great character builder. Second of all, it's a learning experience and you go, wait a minute, this is a job, not a career. And maybe this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. A learning opportunity. See, reframe. We reframed it right Right? there. It was quick money. It's quick money. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Miss Myra, how, how about you? Have you ever had to deal with one of those people that just really irked you or like seemed to push all of your buttons or was, was demeaning or anything like that? Other than present company. Other than us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is I'm thinking through this question is I've had two Mm. bosses and I was one. So I'm thinking through this. I had a very 
outwardly, and I, I talked about her before, who became my friend because I was determined to see the good in her. But I mean, she would put me down in front of people. She I'd yell at you at the top of her voice, and which was to me was just disgusting for anybody to do that. It, it's because it made me feel small. And I don't know that trying to like her better changed her attitude, but it changed mine. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that was a very outward, everybody, I mean, people left Mary right and left because they could not put up with what they felt was demeaning behavior. And I get that. The other one was much harder to deal with because she went under the radar. She did everything she could. And, and she wasn't the owner of the company, but she was the owner's right hand. And she was very possessive of her position. She didn't want anybody else being anywhere near with the responsibilities that she had, blah, blah, blah. And the owner of the company was the one that hired me. And he really liked me. And this really challenged her. I challenged her a lot. Mm-hmm. And she would undermine every time I did something good, she would take it and say, yeah, but, and bring out something that I didn't do quite well. And I, I can remember our performance reviews and I, I would come out of there in tears every time. What it did was it caused polarization. She also had people leave her. No, there wasn't anybody that lasted as long as I did. I mean, um, I should have gotten a clue from that. But it caused polarization. It caused me, which I probably wouldn't do now, to to seek consolation someplace else. So you start gathering with other people that have the same feelings. And all of a sudden you start, we're going to get her type of thing and mm-hmm. set her up. And And by the way, she won. She got rid of me. I quit, went to another job. Which I've I've always kind of hated because I I loved the owner of the company. It, he, he really affirmed me and gave me a lot of opportunities, but he couldn't see through what she was doing, so that was toxic. Mm-hmm. And then I became a bad boss myself. I didn't know it. I didn't realize what I was doing. I became very toxic to the people that I wanted to be the very best to. And and just in retrospect, I can look at that and see that that's what drove them away. But what actually happened is I depended on them for my identity. And when I couldn't control the situation, then I'd get a little heated about it. And if it felt like it was going outside of my control, then I would have a little temper tantrum. <laughs> and and bring things back into control. And that really actually hit me last night. My son was over and fixed my dryer for me, thank goodness. And he was talking about his childhood. And he says, yeah, mom was always easy going, easy to get along with. And she'd take things and take things and take things. And then all of a sudden she'd just blow up. Mm-hmm. And that I got reflecting on that. And I did do that. I did do that all through life. That was a bad pattern of mine. But where I want to go with this is what I've learned since then is when people are either outwardly abusive or undermine you, what do they call that? I call it under the table. Subversive. Yeah. When they're either way, it's not about you. It is not about you. 
It is about issues that they're dealing with. Well, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. We all know that one. Those mm-hmm. are usually the ones that have been yelled at and screamed at. And so they think that's the way. And I think Jeff Conroy's brought that up before. That's the way they think you're supposed to lead. And on, on the other side is the ones that are subversive. They've been hurt too, but they learned to go underneath and to un, in order to maintain their sense of who they are, mm-hmm. they have to bring somebody else down. So I, what I've learned, and it's helped me so much, and it's helped my clients, is they're not doing it to you. They're doing it for them. Mm, and if you can grab onto that and just whenever you get in that kind of situation, the little pause that Dr. Covey talks about is where we make our choice. Just ask, ask yourself, is this about an issue that they have? Stay curious and start observing them it's for one thing it's a whole lot easier when you don't when you're not taking it personally and you actually may find a friend because people respond to emotional space so that's so much for my sermon well I, you know i'm glad that you said that though that that phrase uh, it's not doing being done to you it's being done for them is right. brilliant that's a complete paradigm shift it's a perspective change and that is an internal that's actually one of the things that, that people talk about is dealing with the toxic bosses is an internal solution is changing your perspective because it's it's not really about you it is about them and if we start to give them that space like you said that emotional space of okay and you don't react you're very calm if you can maintain your calmness your sense of okay well they're going to have their temper tantrum. They're like a two-year-old child right now. I'll let them mm-hmm. have their temper tantrum because they need to get it out. And just allowing them to have that space can sometimes completely reframe. And, and you're the one in control then. And Absolutely, that's, you are. You've, yeah, You've taken your power back. And and for some bosses, that's that's going to be enough where they're going to stop. Really, they don't get the reaction that they want. And therefore, that, that, that might change their behavior because they don't get the reaction. I, And I made a friend with Mary, my first one, the one that was outwardly so. Mm -hmm. I remained adversaries with the second one. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, she got fired after I left for for doing bad things. So if I would have hung on a little bit, I could have stayed with that employment that I enjoyed besides her. But the most toxic to me are the ones that are hiding it. Mm -hmm. The ones that it's the ones that that are, are not up front with you yeah. because they, they don't even understand what they're going through. So mm-hmm. just they're sneaky, they're sneak, sneaky, manipulative, almost narcissistic. And yeah. I don't know it. I don't, but don't know. Yeah. It. yeah. Or do know it. I think that's even the more dangerous one is the ones that do know it and do it because it brings them joy. That's a dangerous well, person. That's yeah. almost that's, that's, psych- sociopathical. Psych- sociopathic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you hit on a couple of things, like except that you can't control them is another one. So paradigm shift, except you can't control another person and then rising above it and really trying, like you trying to reframe that and saying, I want to make this person my friend and looking for the good in another person is also brilliant. So you hit like three of the internal, like, what do you do to like for yourself dealing with a toxic person like that. Awesome. Mr. Geyer, haven't heard from you yet. You've you've had some experiences and I'm I'm just curious cuz in the industries that you've worked in, maybe a little bit different, but what kind of experiences have you had with toxic bosses or maybe even being one of those under high stress? Like what has that happened to you? 
Well, yeah, good question, Geoff. Kind of like Dr. Sam, I've been fortunate enough to have a boss as toxic as I would describe it anyway. I've had a couple maybe that were arrogant or egotistical, but not toxic. And I was thinking about that as Myra was talking. It's like, okay, uh, Jeff, you spent, I spent 10 years kind of in my working career before I became the leader of organizations. And then the other 30 years, I've been the, the, the senior um, executive. There's all kinds of titles for it, but um, sometimes working for owners or a, or a group of owners or sometimes for appointed boards of directors. So yeah, I, I was the boss. So Myra's little, she called it a sermon. I loved it. During her <laughs> sermon, I was thinking about, Jeff, you, I, I've been the boss. So um, have you been toxic? And I don't think I've been toxic. I certainly haven't done things <clears throat> correctly all the time because I'm human, but I wasn't, I didn't throw coffee cups like Conroy. And I didn't think about throwing tools, hammers or whatever, like Geoff. And, and maybe that's because like, like some of you, I, when I was younger, I bucked bales and moved irrigation pipe and that kind of stuff. And, and so what is toxic? Sometimes I think in today's society, if we don't agree with someone and, and seemingly today, nobody agrees with any that gets labeled as a toxic environment or actually yeah a toxic work environment I, I, and it's because we don't agree or or maybe some of the methods we use to try and lead people they weren't acceptable accepted of and, and I don't know you just sometimes you just have to part ways I, I agree that people leave their jobs not necessarily because of money. It's more about the the environment and the, the supervisor. Sometimes it's about coworkers and those kind of things. But for me, it's all about what I've learned is it's it's all about the people. If if there's more than one person in your business, you're in the people business. You're not in whatever good or service or whatever you're you're selling or or making. And so learning how to deal with people is the key. So like, like on this podcast, we're, we're we're talking about no leadership BS. So as leaders, what do we do to make sure we're not the toxic one? And for me personally, that's difficult, not because I'm a toxic person. I don't think I'm a toxic person. Don't consider myself toxic. But how do other people view me? And kind of like what Myra was just talking, you kind of have to get outside of yourself and focus on other people. Oh, there's a leadership thing, right? Focus on other people, not yourself. And then work it out, I guess. I don't think I've ever been toxic. And if you guys don't agree with me, you can just forget about it. <laughs> That's all well, I have to say about it. <laughs> Another excellent sermon from our team. Oh, man. Well, but Jeff, you brought up a couple of things is, is that introspection from a leader to look yeah. at their behaviors and how it affects their team yeah. is, is huge. And a lot of the clients that I've worked with who have either been in those high level positions or have had a toxic boss situation where it's sometimes it's the, the, the owner is not going to fire themselves. They're going to fire somebody else, right? They're going to make it so bad that somebody leaves. But if you're under that person and your job is to still make sure that the team is working correctly, you're going to take the brunt of that abuse. But that can then trickle down. Their behavior can trickle down into you as a leader. So having that sense of introspection and maybe having another set of eyes on, which is why all of us have coaches, which is why all of us have people that help us in our journeys so that we can have a different perspective on what we're doing. And then you also said it is the second you start to turn it around about other people. 
when we start that servant leadership that that we truly are serving the people that we work with that are under our employ that then it kind of changes our perspective i'd be really interested maybe that's a whole other topic the, the you cancel culture and you know toxic work environment just because we disagree disagree with somebody i think that that's a really important part and that really is probably a whole other podcast of being able to have those really critical conversations right. and disagree with people and not have a toxic work environment because there's been respect there's been the, the team building is is there that people actually know like and trust each other that they can disagree and still remain a competent work team that's that's a, that's, a, that's probably a whole other podcast right. in itself right. Um, no, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, my my experience, I, I won't share any of the gory details, but yeah, when when you don't agree with each other and you've your culture and your environment is a a teamwork thing that that it isn't, it wasn't uh, what I was in, in this instance anyway created. It wasn't Jeff in the pinnacle. It was it was our leadership team. We we all had different responsibilities, but we worked shoulder to shoulder with each other, not a, not above or below um, mm-hmm. one another. And when one of those people gets the feeling that that uh, what you're doing isn't the right thing to do, and they're expressing that, however poorly or or well that they did express it, and it's not received very well, or their perception of the reception isn't very well. Yeah, you can label that toxic in a moment. It, it can be. A, a simple phrase or a simple answer to a question that hits somebody totally wrong, or, or certainly I, I shouldn't say it wrong. I should say it hits them totally opposite of what it was intended to do. You can get to that <clears throat> quote unquote toxic environment pretty quickly. And, mm-hmm. and the, the key there is to, to, to understand each other, get outside of yourself, understand the people that are on your team and how they function and how they behave and adjust your communication so that they can hear what you're intending to tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that communication piece is absolutely critical as well. And, and again, that's why it's sometimes that third party that somebody else listening to, it's funny because I've worked a lot with educators and teachers and people who work with, with kids and I will watch somebody give directions and then they get frustrated because kids don't have that filter and will do exactly what you tell them to. And then they get mad because, wait, 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 you didn't, ah. And I was like, you realized you told them to do something and they immediately did it. Like they were following your directions exactly as you told them to. That was clear communication. Your intention was not what you said. And so helping people to be clear in their communications is like, that's, that could solve a lot of problems. A lot of the world's problems. Let's solve world problems and then not tell anybody. I know, right? (laughs) We'll keep it just keep it a secret to ourselves with our 80, over 80,000 downloads. So in our last few minutes here, uh, a couple of things that people can do actionable island items is number one, if if you actually have that person in your life that is very toxic, uh, a boss, that number one is if you calmly confront them, it's almost like confronting the bully when you just say, hey, these are my boundaries and I'm not going to stand for it anymore in that very, very professional way, like saying, setting, these are my boundaries. And this is what's this is what I'm willing to do, and this is what I'm not willing to do, in a very calm, concise manner of exactly what is your boundaries moving forward is very important as long as it's concise and clear with the the workplace environment. Number two is minimize interaction. If you can, try not to be in the same room. The email, make sure they have a chain with it. Get support from your team. If other people are feeling it as well, there's probably a really good chance that it is happening. If it's just you, 
then maybe it's time to do some serious self-reflection and being like, why does this person irk me? Why do they, why that, that again, that introspective part of why do they upset me? And then obviously document, you want to document things. That's just always smart to have an actual written record of things. So those are some things, some actionable items that you guys can do. So we hope that today has been helpful, insightful. And if you are actually dealing with somebody like that and you need another set of eyes on there, would you please do yourself a favor, help yourself de-stress, give us a call, reach out to us. You can reach us uh, via email at askus at leadershipbs.co. You can find us on the interwebs. You can get on the uh, the old Facebook page, join our group, ask questions, leave us a review. That would be a great way. We'll see those reviews and we might reach out and go, oh, hey, there we go. How can we help you? Because we want to make sure that our, our listeners are one, getting useful information out of this podcast. And then also... We hope that you have fun. So you guys, from all of us here at the No More Leadership BS gang, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askusatleadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.